So, um, and we're uh, continuing along on our series, um, The King is Born, and it is the season, of course. So, uh, my message this morning is uh, titled, The King is Born to Proclaim Liberty Over the Captives. So, when Jesus, when the time of Jesus came, um, when he was born, uh, there was great expectation on uh, who he would be, what he would come to do. And he was born in a manger, which I don't think a lot of people expected at that time. But the expectation, uh, of course, was set up throughout the Bible. And uh, as, as uh, uh, when Jesus was finally resurrected, um, he fulfilled over 300 prophecies in uh, his uh, three short years uh, of ministry. And while, as we know, he changed the entire world. Uh, because of what he uh, came to proclaim. So, would you join me in a prayer before we get started here this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, because you are good. You're good to us, Heavenly Father. And we're reminded again here this morning, uh, just in what you came to do, uh, what you have done uh, for us and in our lives, Lord God. We have a hope. Our hope is in you, Father. We thank you, Lord God. I just pray that as today, as we're going through your word, Lord, I pray that, uh, that it uh, might do its work, Lord, that it might uh, penetrate the hearts and minds of those that are here. I pray that your uh, word might be planted and that it might uh, grow and that it might produce a hundredfold uh, what it was called to accomplish, Lord. So I just pray, be with each one of us. I pray, help us to receive in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So, so liberty over the captives. Uh, Jesus, uh, towards the end of, um, well, in, uh, in Luke 4, verse 18 to 19, he actually quotes a scripture uh, out of Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3, which was a prophecy on what, uh, what Jesus was going to look like and what he was going to come to do. In Luke 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set, the li- set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And how many of you know we are still in the year of the Lord's favor? It wasn't an actual year. It was a, it was a period of time uh, that he has allotted before he comes back his second time. At that time, uh, the year of the Lord's favor will end, and there will be judgment that comes upon the earth. But for the time being, we have his favor. The year of the Lord's favor is with us. And Jesus uh, didn't just come to proclaim this message, but he also assigned that message to us. Because we have that hope in him, and we have the Spirit of God in us. So he asked us to share the good news and in Mark 16, verse 15 to 16, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world to proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes, in, believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Jesus called us to share the good news of what he came to do. And he tells, he tells uh, the disciples at that time that, there would be signs and wonders that would follow the believers. That is how you would know uh, them. 
And he continues in, uh, in Mark 16, verse 17, it says, uh, 17 to 18, it says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will, they will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. So, that is quite a statement. But I think that's what I want to dive into today. Why uh, our faith and, and who we believe in, there is not just, it's not just a dead faith. It is a li- it's alive by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us. And He wants to work this power through us so that there is signs and wonders. There is hope to the nations. We are here to proclaim the year of, uh, of uh, freedom, right? We're here to proclaim freedom to those that are oppressed. And in John fourteen twelve, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in my name will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. So he says, we will do even greater works than he did. And how, how many of you know Jesus did some great works? <laughs> so that's a, that's a pretty tall bar. But he says right at the end of this verse, I am going to the Father. And the reason that is important is he wasn't leaving us to accomplish this work in our own flesh, in our own power, in our own strength. He was going to the Father. And he says, if I, once I go to the Father, I will send the Holy Spirit. I will send the Comforter. To empower you to do what you're called. And in fact, he says, do not leave Jerusalem before this power comes. Because he knew we ourselves cannot do it. We cannot accomplish this work unless we have, we're filled and we're empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. And how many of you know that as we accept him, we are empowered. We, we are given the, the seal of the Holy Spirit. But I find sometimes... Um, you know, we are maybe just happy enough to, to have our morning devotions. And then maybe for the rest of the day, we don't even think about Jesus. We don't think about who, what he did for us, what, why he came. That is not in our mind. We do our morning devotion. We connect with him for 10, 15 minutes, maybe half an hour. And away we go out the door. And maybe we're not to remember him for the rest of the day until the next morning again. So how many do you think, are we going to accomplish much if we don't even uh, walk with him on a consistent basis? Are we going to see him at work around us when we don't even realize he is around us? I think we we need to continue to change our, uh, our walk with him in a deeper way, right? And what does that mean in a deeper way? I think it is, it's more than... I think coming with a devotion, it's not just about receiving something from out of a devotion, but it's actually connecting with him, connecting with God and and what he wants to do. And I know he he wants to empower us uh, to do. And, you know, just to back up a bit, you know, Jesus, many times... Uh, when in the morning, when the disciples woke up, they would, wouldn't find Jesus. And he was off somewhere by himself uh, praying because he was looking to the Father. Because he was still a man. He was still a flesh. He connected with the Father to be able to get his strength and power to do what he was called to do. 
the father would show him what he was to do that particular day. And I believe this is the way it can be for us as well. When we walk with him, uh, he's able to come and he's able to show us. And I think as we walk through our day, if we stay connected with him and in his remembrance, we actually start seeing where he's at work around us because we're spiritually minded, not just on our daily task. And I think this is why it's so important, too, to everything that we're doing throughout our day. Uh, we need to uh, constantly remember that uh, he wants to be involved in our process, everything that we do. He wants to be involved in the conversation. So when you're struggling with something or there's a decision to be made, our first thought should be, Lord, wh- what am I doing in this situation? Where, where should I go? That's what I'm talking about is that it's a daily conversation with him. When we turn to not to our own mind to our own understanding but we turn to him and to his presence to be able to guide us in our daily walk as we do that we stay we start being more and more connected with him in our in our walk sorry just a second there was a few things that i wasn't planning on saying there so you kind of get off track here a bit no i was just saying um you know i i think um we, in this world, uh, the way it's going, we treat many things. And, and, you know, our society has gone a long ways from the time of Jesus, uh, you know, where we see it today with hospitals and everything else that we see around us. There's many symptoms, many things that are treated by the world now. There's drugs to dull people. There's drugs to uh, minimize people. There's places where they put people away. Uh, but I, I wonder... You know, and I, I'm not going to start saying, you know, all those things are not, they're not needing to be. But there was a great physician. There was nothing that came to Jesus that he was not able to heal. There was nothing that he could not stand against and rebuke. There was no demon that came up against him that he could not uh, put out of that person. And I think uh, sometimes, and I'm just talking about the symptoms of this world, that we, we start living in a place where we just expect everything to be solved by medicines. But that is not what God intended. A lot of times that is not, uh, you know, what he meant for us, that we're dulled, we're put into a place where we, uh, we, don't, we can't even function quite properly because we're taking all these drugs and all this type of stuff. God has healing for us. But there's a process in understanding that healing and understanding that process and what God did for us. And that is a close walk with him. And Mark, uh, Rick Renner says uh, in Mark 16, verse 17, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. And again, it would be more accurately translated, These signs shall follow those who have engaged their faith and are believing. So if you want to see these supernatural signs and and accompanying you in all your paths of life, you have to release your faith and believe for them and and be manifested. So there's 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 a place of belief in us, an expectation of what God wants to do in our lives. And as we live in that expectation that he, he already said, he's coming to free He's coming to free the, the demon oppressed, uh, the blind. Uh, he, he wants to do that. And I can tell you, God wants to do that more than we want to do that. More than we're praying for somebody to be healed. He wants even more so. 
So sometimes we think we have to beg and plead, but I think a lot of times our problem is we don't understand what he came. We don't understand the significance of what he did on the cross for us. And you can kind of see this evidence of, um, of this in uh, Acts 3, verse 1 to 8. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and the man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid at the gate of the temple that is called Beautiful, gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him and did... and as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on, on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. This was after Jesus, of course, ascended and he sent his Holy Spirit. And Peter and John, full of the Holy Spirit, were able to look at him and basically say, I I don't have any silver or gold, but what I do have is the power of God. Was it their power? Was it their flesh that could heal this man? No, it was the power of God in them that they were a willing vessel for the power of God to flow through. And they understood what they had inside of them. I had a, I had a, um, God showed me a picture. It's a long time ago and it can still continues to come to my mind. It was a picture of, of God flowing into my head and flowing out of my hands. And it, what, what it, said to me was that we have to be willing vessels for him to flow through. It is not something that it just flows into us, but it is something that he wants to flow in and out through us. So it's not just for us to be filled, but it's us to flow, it flow through us. So when God wants to work through us, that's why it is critical. And I believe uh, Peter and John, I mean, there's probably many people that walk past this man. They said he was, he was uh, lame from birth. And they laid him at the skate. It was Peter and John that had this keen insight from the Spirit to actually say, hey, this, this man needs to be healed. God's mercy wants to reach out on him, right? And so they, they followed God and, 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 and in faith uh, healed. So if, you, if you're here today and you accepted Jesus as Lord, that was your first step, I believe. Our first step in, in our faith walk. But how often isn't it that we, st- we stop at this particular step? How often, and it, trust me, it's my own thinking as well. Okay, boom, you know, I'm saved. Now I'm good. I'm done. Is there more? I think so. I think there's more, right? More life. Absolutely. We are, we are called to... We are called to live in a, in a, in a level of freedom that we, we, don't, we can't even comprehend. And it is something that as we walk with him, he shows us new, new levels of that freedom. 
that we could, didn't even think it was possible, but he takes us to another level. So if you're here today and you accepted Jesus as Lord, that's great. That's fantastic. But God has more for you. God has more revelation, more understanding, more freedom for you than where you are at today. We will never, never, ever be able to comprehend him. Comprehend his glory and who he is. So if you think you have arrived, you're, you're, you're very short of what, what God is, uh, has planned for you. You're very short. And isn't it us, though, that we sometimes, oh, yeah, you know, this is great. I'm perfect, right? I, this is, I've arrived. You know, this is pretty awesome. Things are going good. I'm blessed. You know, good. But too, long, too often we sit there a little bit too long, and it all of a sudden becomes stagnant. That all of a sudden you become in a, you, you find yourself in a rut and you didn't realize that you were in, in a rut, right? You find out only when the rut is so deep that it's hard to pull yourself back out of that rut. How do you blow right past those ruts? By continuing to grow in God, by continuing to press in, by continuing to say, you know what, God, you have more. There's more. I can walk in a greater power, more uh, abundant abundance in you, your uh, walk. Right? In Romans 12, um, what was I going to say? So, so I, I think, you know, and that, uh, all these things come by misbeliefs, wrong teaching, uh, by things that we maybe believe from the past. We kind of mix the world's uh, philosophies in with our own philosophies of God, and all these things happen, and there's misunderstandings about what, what, uh, what God wants to do in our lives. And, you know, sometimes, and I, I've been in this uh, camp, you know, you, you go hard after uh, self-help, right? Self-help books, all these things. But I can tell you, these books, are they good? Yeah, they're of some value to the flesh. But do they set you free? Do they bring you into a new level? Yeah, maybe in the flesh, but they don't... They, I, I guess my point is... It is only God's word that can truly free us. It is only God's word that can truly bring us into a place where we are, are living in that abundant life. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove your, for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plans and purposes for you. It says, as we continue to press in, you know, and here, here's that word again, what the will of God is. He says, as we press into him, as we press into his word, the will of God just starts being revealed to you. What's your purpose? Why are you here? Where are you going? What do I have for you? What is your plan for me? All those things start coming to us when we are, are uh, renewing ourselves by the word of God. Um, so as we, and in 2 Corinthians uh, 3 verse 18, it says, and we all, with unveiled faces, behold the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the, the Spirit. So this is what I was talking about just before. That it is 
as we enter into his presence, and man, oh man, is that, it's just absolutely awesome. And, and you get that in worship sometimes. You come before him and you just feel his presence. And I believe that presence changes us. It continues to change us by one degree, like it says in this word here. But we need to enter in and we need to press hard enough to actually start being able to be in his presence, right? And it's not just a feeling, it's a knowledge understanding as well. There's an understanding that God is present with us. And so sometimes God will do that. He'll kind of bring us to a point where we actually have to, not just by feelings, but by actually knowing what the Word of God says, walking, right? And as you walk through that faith step, all of a sudden, the feeling is there. His presence is there. But there's a knowing that He is there, right? So we are changed into the image, into His image. So we need to keep growing in our faith. And I, this is partly, um, I wanted to kind of get into this, uh, God's grace and faith. In Titus 2, verse 11 to 14, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and purify for himself a people for who, for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Zealous for good works. I just believe that uh, as we continue to draw near to him, we become zealous for his good works. We are not saved by works. I think we all know that, right? It is purely by the grace of God that we have been saved. He went to the cross. He died on that cross for your salvation and for your complete freedom. But it is, it is, uh, it is our faith that reaches out and is able to grab that, that uh, uh, grace. So it's not by works, but it is by faith that we are saved. For faith, faith is us believing what God says in his word. Faith reaches out and takes hold of God's grace. I want you to picture that. So grace, God, what he, God has, when he died on the cross, he died for every single person on this earth. But how many of you know that not every single person on this earth will take that salvation? Some will perish in the last days, because they, they won't accept him as Lord and Savior. So some people refuse to accept it. But that grace, all the same is there for them. All they have to do is in faith, take it, right? Our faith reaches out and grabs that, that grace and takes it. So there's a combination of grace and faith. That's how we are saved. So let me ask you, you think it's any different with uh, healing, with the power of God? Because he says on his, on, he has accomplished it all. I don't think it is. And as we go on, I will get into that a little bit more. I think I'm getting my head over myself here a little bit. But 
God has uh, provided everything we need uh, in faith. He reaches out and grabs you. So in Romans 5, verse 2, Through him we also obtain access by faith into his grace, which we stand and we rejoice in hope of our glory of God, and the glory of God. We are saved by grace and faith. It is a mixture of the two. In Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one, no one may boast. So it says, no one may boast of the works. What I'm getting to here is, um, of course, there is understanding in the word of God and all these things. But God provided it, and all he asked is just in faith that you believe what he did on the cross, and, you, and it comes, and it gives, it's given to you. Titus 2, verse 11 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. That's what we're talking about. So, so we know, of course, that Jesus does not have to die again every time a person gets saved. It's done. He's, he's finished. He's accomplished it. So, in, uh, so by his stripes, we are, we are healed. That's my, the next one I want to get into. John G. Lake says, when, Christ, when, Christians try, tries to, when a Christian tries to live by reason, he is moving out of God's country into the enemy's land. We belong in the miraculous and the supernatural realm. Isn't that a good quote? We sometimes, by reason... Try to understand it. But what God did, I think, sometimes is not fully comprehensible why he would, right? Why, why did he? Why would he give his son for us? So it says in 1 Peter 2, verse 24, He himself bore our sin in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Do you catch that word, have been healed? Past tense, yes, absolutely. I think what I'm trying to drive at, what Jesus commanded us to do, he did not, he did not just command us without any power to be able to accomplish that, that. He has provided it for us. And you know where you find that knowledge? In the word of God. By pushing in and learning to walk with him in a greater way, you are starting to understand what he came to do. What, he, what your true inheritance is in, in God. And he says, you have been healed. I believe this is the same thing as what we're talking about with salvation. That healing comes, it's a grace of God, and it is us reaching out in faith. To grab it. Now, there's, there's many things that can get in the way of that. Like I said, sometimes there is a process of actually uh, unraveling some of the, the mindsets that have been put there for, for periods of time. Misbeliefs, un- misunderstandings. All these things come into play of those things. But that's why we continue to renew ourselves by the word of God so that we can become, we can come to understand truly what he has done. And truly comprehend it. And in faith are able to reach out and grab it. 
John G. Lake um, in the 1900s had a healing ministry. And in fact, uh, the Washington State licensed him uh, to, they gave him a medical license. He wasn't a doctor. So how do you think uh, he got a medical license? Well, the uh, story talks about he, uh, he was so effective at his healing ministry that they, the Washington State gave him a medical license to practice medicine. So he opened his own hospital, and he didn't administer, he didn't administer uh, uh, medicines, but only thing he used was uh, anointing oil and prayer. So he would have these people that were called uh, practitioners. They would come in, and they would pray with people. They would anoint them with oil. And in fact, his ministry was so effective, they had to close one of the hospitals down because of the lack of work because of the effectiveness of his healing ministry. And in fact, what they would do is, if a person needed healing, they would send these practitioners out to these people. And the only thing they were armed with is anointing oil and prayer. And they would go out. And in fact, sometimes they would move in with the person and pray with them. The longest case they had is 30 days where a person stayed with one person until they received the healing. And through that time, what they would do is he would, they would teach him the word. They would uh, proclaim the word over them. They would teach him and train him how to, what God had done. And then finally, through that was breakthrough. So I'm saying that sometimes there is a process involved. And it's sometimes we, because we're sometimes uh, not spiritually minded, we, we have a hard time receiving and understanding it. And in fact, I've heard of many times it is harder for a Christian sometimes to receive healing than for an unbeliever that just comes into the church and receives Christ to receive healing. Why is that? Because we sometimes have set many things up, many obstacles up, in order for God not to flow, right? So we really need to evaluate where we're at. We need to study the word of God. We need to put it into our hearts and minds to receive what he wants to do in our lives, right? So in Romans uh, 10, 13 to 14, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on the name on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? We are to preach the word of God. God has called us into the, into the field. And that is not just a person that is up here that preaches the word of God. And you're hoping that somebody will come into this church and they'll hear the right word. No, we have a, a sphere of influence, each one of us. And in fact, uh, Leon Fontaine has a book uh, called Spirit Contemporary. And he talks about how we present ourselves in the world in a contemporary way. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be off-putting. We can be contemporary in how we, how we uh, uh, administer God's word, how we follow him, right? And so if, if you want to know a better way how to, uh, you know, reach people, I would uh, I encourage you to just pick up that book. It's an awesome book. And they truly do a great job at uh, talking about how uh, we get into our world. 
Because there's people in your work area that nobody else will ever be able to reach. They will never, ever come to church. You are the only church they will ever see. You are the only Christian, you are only Christ that they will see. And unless they hear it from you, they might never hear it. So, we need to be about his business. And we need to be uh, realize that wherever we are, we are called. We are called to uh, tell people about the good news. But you know why maybe sometimes we, we don't think it's good news? I was just thinking about that. I wonder if sometimes because we're sometimes dealing with so much, we're still ourselves completely bound. We're not taking God's word and we're not liberated from those things. And so how can we think it's good news when we ourselves just think it's, well, I'm, I'm saved. You know, that's a future date thing. That's this and that. So I think as we start living in freedom, as we start receiving him in a greater, greater way and walk in greater, greater freedom, we start seeing the good news of what he has done, right? We see it in our own lives. We see it in the people around us. We don't have to pray for, well, we do have to, I think we need to uh, long for uh, revival, but I think revival can happen in, in each one of us. As we talk to our friends and family, there can be revival in their lives. They can be revived. They can come out of bondage into freedom. That's revival. So, just to recap this morning. Liberty over the captives. There's many that are captive today. Many that are in bondage. And God has given us the answer. We share the good news. So, what is that good news Learn to experience it yourself so that you know what the good news is. Signs of the believer. I believe that God wants to have the miraculous flow through you. It's not going to be by how great you are, but it's what he did already. It's by his power flowing through you. We are called to live in victory. And we truly need to, need to be in that way. If we're not living in victory, we need to press in. It's like that old story of the dog that is on the porch. Every once in a while, he yelps. And the, guy's, the one guy comes over, and he's like, what's wrong with your dog? Why does he all of a sudden just yelp every once in a while? Oh, he says, ah, oh, there's a nail that's kind of sticking up. It's just not painful enough for him to move. So every once in a while, he just yelps. I feel like sometimes that's us, right? It's not painful enough for us to want to do something about it, but it's uh, enough for us to want to just stay there and every once in a while yelp out, right? Uh, God's grace and faith. So he has given it. He has done it. It's not us. It's him. But it's by faith we take it. By his stripes, you are healed. So I just want to finish off with this uh, scripture here. Ephesians 3, verse uh, 16 to 21. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strong, uh, strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. 
according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You catch that through all generations. That is for you. That is for you. So, okay. So, um, yeah. Let's finish off with uh, a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just uh, want to thank you, Lord, because you are good. We thank you for your grace. We gr- thank you for what you did for us on the cross, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, because you are good. You're so good to us, Lord God. We can't even comprehend at times how good you are and what you have done for us, for our freedom. You've called us by name, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. I just pray that this morning that you might loose the chains off the, off the people, of anybody that is here that is dealing with issues and, and addictions and uh, strongholds in their life, Father. I pray that you loose that stronghold right now in Jesus' name, Father. I pray that you, you have come to proclaim liberty, freedom for the captives. So I just proclaim freedom over everyone here, Lord. May you free us. Degree by degree, Heavenly Father, that we might uphold you in a greater, deeper way, Heavenly Father. In your son Jesus' name, just keep your heads bowed. I want to just say a prayer, maybe for somebody that is here this morning, and they're like, I have, I've never accepted Lord, my, God as uh, the, Lord of my, the Lord over my life. I just want to lead you in a prayer to accept him as Lord and Savior if you're wanting to. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins and surrender my life. Wash me clean. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day for my victory. I believe that in my heart and make confession with my mouth that Jesus is my Savior and Lord. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen.